Alright, welcome back to the Blaze Experience, everyone. I'm happy to be back here with you again, and I hope you're excited for another new episode. Today's episode is actually another intro episode. So, if you don't know already, in our intro episodes, this is where I talk about a game that hasn't been talked about on the podcast before. And basically, in these episodes, I kind of go over the overall gist of the game, and I give you more of an idea of the overall aspects of the game. And then any future episodes done on that game, they'll be a little bit more in-depth on a specific topic. So today's episode is actually on Vigor. And anyone that's watched me on Mixer knows that I've actually streamed a lot of Vigor already. So if you see me on Mixer, then you've already seen me stream a lot of Vigor. But I haven't actually talked about it on the podcast yet. And that was mainly because of some scheduling issues. I just had some things already scheduled in advance. And... I didn't really want to move those around, so this is the spot that, you know, fit well for Vigor, and this is our first episode for Vigor. We will definitely do at least one more on Vigor, and hopefully, you know, people will enjoy it, and we can do uh, many more than that, but we will definitely do, you know, this episode and at least one more on Vigor, but I hope people are going to enjoy this because I've really enjoyed streaming it. It's definitely a game that I really enjoy streaming, and I hope you all are going to, you know, definitely enjoy this episode. But before we get into Vigor... Just a couple of podcast notes. I want to announce that our next stream will be Friday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. This will be a stream of State of Decay 2, and you can find that on Mixer.com slash Blaze Experience. Our next podcast will be our State of Decay podcast on Saturday. We always have a State of Decay podcast on Saturday, so if you enjoy that game, then tune in every Saturday for a new State of Decay 2 episode. And I do also want to announce that anyone is a State of Decay fan... There are big plans in the works for State of Decay. I have, you know, something in the works that I am planning with other people, and that's all I'll share right now, but it's going to be something, you know, that's pretty big, and um, I hope it's going to go well. So I will, you know, announce more about that soon, potentially even Saturday's episode. So we'll see how how the planning is going, but uh, when I get a little bit further into the planning, I will announce more about that. But just stay tuned. There's some big plans coming for the State of Decay game in terms of this podcast. And then last but not least, this past Saturday, I actually was a guest on the Horrible Gamers podcast again. This is the second guest episode I did with them, and it went really well, and they're a great group of guys there, so definitely check out that episode. It's Horrible Gamers podcast, episode number 220, so I'd really appreciate anyone checking that out and, you know, showing them some love. I will post a link for that in the description of this show, so if you want to check it out, there will be a link in the show to download that episode. But I would definitely recommend you know checking their podcasts out and listening to them long term. It's one of the few gaming podcasts I listen to every week, and I think they do a great job. But that being said, we can just get right into Vigor here. So this episode is titled, What is Vigor? And that is because you know a lot of times in my stream, that's... Like, the first question I get from people that don't know about the game, what is Vigor? And it's a little bit hard to describe because it takes a lot of elements from a lot of games. When people ask me on stream, I usually say it combines, like, the survival and looting elements of State of Decay along with, like, a PvP aspect of a PUBG. It's not really, it's not a PUBG because a lot of people ask if it's PUBG. It's definitely not PUBG. And it's definitely not State of Decay, but I think it pulls some elements from both of those, and it makes for a really unique game. So we're going to get into all the aspects of that today, but basically from what the developer said, um, they say that the game is a loot and shoot game. That's how they describe it. So 
it makes kind of sense, you know, because basically in this game, you're doing a lot of looting and you can kind of shoot enemies as they, you know, go around you and try and take their loot too. But there is base building in it and different things like that. So we'll get into that in a second. But the game is set in 1991 Norway and you play as an outlander trying to survive the world and obtain as much loot as possible. And this game is basically set, you know, around like nuclear war type thing where there's actually radiation that comes into the game afterwards. We'll get into that a little later, but that's kind of like the premise. You know, you're in 1991 Norway and you're trying to survive in the world, you know, gather the supplies that you need to survive. The game does offer base building, like I said, and this base building is in a safe base that cannot be raided. So I've had people ask me that on streams. Your base cannot be raided. So your base is basically like a safe spot where you, you know, build things, you, you know, practice with your guns, you can practice at a shooting range, things like that. But your base is a safe place. And then when you go into the maps, there's like maps in the game. And when you go into the maps, that's where it's not safe. But your base is a safe area. But there are six maps offered in the game. We will get into what types of maps are a little bit later, but there's six total right now. And the maps are played in a loot grabbing and like PvP encounter called instances. So that's basically when you enter a map, this is called an instance because this is where you try to get your loot. And this is also where players can kill you is in the maps. And each instance has a supply drop, which has better loot. So that is kind of similar to like a PUBG, for example, you know, where there's a supply drop that comes. But this supply drop, there's only one in the entire game and it drops a wooden crate and you or anyone else in the game can get that wooden crate and you have to try and escape with it. If you do get the wooden crate, then you can take it back to your base with you and then you can open it at your base and there's some better loot in there. You know, usually loot's like it has a couple of, you know, really great guns. It has a really great blueprint to make a great gun or it has like um, you know, a thousand materials that are, you know, materials are very valuable in this game. So it has things like that, but. Basically, the loot that you find in this wooden crate is usually stuff that it would take you a lot longer to find if you didn't find the wooden crate. But one of the unique things with this game is if you die in one of the maps, then you lose everything. So you not only lose the stuff that you actually found in that game, you lose everything you brought with you too. So say you brought, you know, a machine gun, you brought a knife, you brought like three bandages, you brought all that with you. If you d got killed by somebody in the game, you would lose that knife, you would lose those three bandages, and you would lose that machine gun. All of that would be gone for good. You permanently not have it anymore. So that's kind of what's cool about the game, too, is that it has a risk and reward thing. You have to decide how much you want to risk. Personally, when I play, I usually don't bring a lot with me just because, you know, you never know what you're going to encounter. And if you die suddenly, you don't want to lose too much. So I usually only bring, you know, one, maybe two weapons with me and some very rare cases. But... A lot of times, if you just, you know, jump in there with a knife, you can actually make it out pretty well. I've had a lot of games on stream where I jumped in with only a knife on me, and it was a lot of fun. You know, I got some kills with a knife, and I escaped with the drop box and everything. So you don't have to jump in with the best guns all the time. It's up to you how you want to play, and that's what's cool about this game. And another cool thing with this game, too, is some people don't like it, but there's no kill feed. So because there's no kill feed, you never know how many players are actually still in the game. Because with this game, you can actually escape without being killed. So say, you know, eight players are in a game. Two of those players might have escaped. Three of those players might have got killed. And there's three players left on the map. But you won't know that. For all you know, there could be seven players besides you. So at all times, you never know how many people are actually in the world. And that kind of adds some tension to the game, which I like that tension. Because there's been times where, like, I was, you know, all peaceful and 
I thought no one was around me. I was, you know, looting a building. I walk out the door of the building, and the next second I know, I get shot and I'm dead. So, like, it can happen that instantly. It's like, oh, wow, I had no idea there's anyone there. So that's what's kind of cool about this game is there's a lot of tension there, and there's a lot of surprises. So you always have to try and be ready. And it's definitely hard to do at times because there's been a lot of times where I just wasn't really, you know, focused. I wasn't really paying attention as much as I should have been. And somebody got the jump on me because of that. You know, like in this game, you know, it only takes like a half a second of not really paying attention. And you could die from that because you don't know if somebody's around the corner. But it's also balanced in the sense that it's not, you know, a hundred player battle royale like PUBG is. Because this game isn't a battle royale. This game either has 8 or 16 players in a map. So that is, you know, a reasonable amount where there's still some tension there. But at the same time, it's not too much tension where there's going to be a player, you know, every five seconds. There's only one map that gets very congested and you see a lot of players. And that's one of the smaller maps. But we'll get into that later. But I will say that the game is still in game preview. So it does have a lot of issues still. So, you know, if you are going to play this game, just understand that and, you know, just be patient with it because there are a lot of issues and they know about these issues and they're working on fixing them. The reason it's in game preview is because they're trying to get feedback from people to fix these issues and they're trying to get more funds that way they can actually make the game better. And the full launch is in February. So in February of next year, this game will February 2019. That is for anyone that's listening to this, you know, maybe next year, if you're listening to this in February 2019, the game will launch free to play. So Right now, what happens is you have a two-hour free trial if you wanted to try it now. So go try that two-hour free trial. And then if you want to keep playing it after the two-hour free trial, it's $20. So $20 US, that is. I'm not sure if it's the same in other countries, but I know in the United States, it's $20 American. So I'm not sure if they have the same conversion for other countries or if they you know increase or decrease the price. So you would have to check that part out, but it shouldn't be too bad. But along with that $20, if you buy it, um, it allows you to access the game for life. So if you buy it, you know, for the $20, then you would have it, you know, through the game's lifetime because it's going free to play in February. But for you actually giving them the $20 and, you know, paying for the game early, not only do you get to play the game throughout its iterations, you get to give, you know, the devs feedback if you want to. And not only do you get to, like, see all the changes as they happen and, you know, grow with the game. But on top of that, they do give you a founder's pack. And they do give you an exclusive founder shirt, an exclusive founder's cap, there's a founder's emote, and then they give you $40 for the game, game currency. So a lot of none of this stuff is available just yet. So, you know, don't buy the game and think, oh, where's all my stuff, you know, and then complain to the devs because what they said is they're releasing all these items throughout the game preview. So not all of them are ready yet. For example, the $40 worth of game currency, the store isn't available yet. So there's going to be a store in the future that... You can actually buy, you know, customizations for your player, but the store isn't available yet. But if you buy the game, then you'll get $40 worth of in-game currency, which is actually great. I mean, you're paying $20 and that alone, you're going to get $40 worth of in-game currency. So you can just buy a bunch of outputs that you like, which that's really cool. That you can actually, you know, just get a jump on other people and buy whatever outfits you prefer for just, you know, supporting the game, which is very nice. But we'll, we'll get into more of the game in a second, but I, I would definitely recommend doing the free trial, at least. I mean, this game is definitely worth trying out, I think, and I, I really love the concept of it. And I think the game's only going to grow more in the future, and I'm definitely glad that I have the full version of that. And I want to give a shout out to 
Uncteo in my Discord. He actually gifted me this game. So the reason why I have the full game is because he gifted it to me. So I really appreciate that. And, you know, thank you, Uncteo, for that. Much appreciated. And, you know, because of him, I've been playing this game a lot. And it's been a lot of fun, honestly. And then in addition, um, for these instances that you jump into, I do want to mention as well that you can actually craft weapons and craft items. So you can craft bandages, you can craft, you know, pistols, things like that. You can actually craft those. I'm going to get into that a little bit more in depth throughout the episode, but we will talk more about that soon. But you can craft items as well. I just want to let everyone know that. But that being said, we'll kind of move on and talk about some of the maps now. So as I said before, the maps either have 8 or 16 players. So the small maps will have 8 players in it, and the large maps will have 16 players. Right now, there are 4 large maps and 2 small ones that I could tell. The thing is, you don't ever know how many players are in the game, so it's hard for me to tell that. But just based on the sheer size of it, it seems to me like there's 2 small maps and 4 large. You know, maybe it's 3 and 3, but... The four ones that I think are large, they seem like pretty, you know, large drawn out maps to me. So I don't I can't see any of those being considered small maps. But the two small maps are Fist Factory and Grantheim Valley, which Fist Factory is probably the map that is most congested that I talked about earlier. That map, you know, all the loot is pretty much in one central area for the most part. And, you know, everyone goes there and it's kind of like a bloodbath there. So Fist Factory, if you like that kind of style of, you know, congested play then that's probably the map that you're gonna like the most personally I don't like the congested play as much so I'm not a huge fan of Fist Factory but you know I will play it of course but it's not my most favorite map for sure I mean it'd probably be my least favorite if I had to pick one and then the large maps there is Gel Canton, Hog Station which is a train station, Drog Fort which is like an old military fort I believe and Deverg Forest so just to give you, you know, a small, brief synopsis of the maps, um, Drogfort is like a rainy map that is, you know, always storming. And it's a old like military fort, it seems like. And it's got like, you know, silos uh, and things like that. Deverg Forest is a completely snow covered map. And it's basically, you know, a lot of snow and trees. So if you like that kind of thing, you know, that might be the map you like. Tog Station is an old train station that's like run down. And that's probably my favorite one so far. I've only played it a couple times, but so far I think Tog Station might be my favorite. It's just really cool how it looks and everything, I think. It has, you know, the railroad tracks, everything you expect. Fist Factory, it's like a factory town, basically, and the map is divided by a river. Grantheim Valley is a little bit similar in the fact that it's divided by a river, but it's different in the sense that it's more, you know, rural. It's more of a valley-esque type thing which is why it's called Grantheim Valley probably but it's more of a rural area and you know hard to describe it just has a really different feel to it like Fist Factory feels more like you know a, a small town Grantheim Valley feels like oh you know only three people lived here throughout their life so Grantheim Valley definitely feels more you know isolated I would say and then Gel Canton Gel Canton's kind of hard to describe it it's a very open map. Um, it has a tiny bit of snow in there, and it also has a lot of green. And there's no uh, river in that one. It's it's more just open, I would say. It's probably the you know most wide open map that like is going to have a lot of open areas where you can find people, or a lot of areas that aren't going to have you know a ton of buildings clustered together. I would say. 
because a lot of the other maps have like clusters of buildings together or clusters of like areas where civilization was. And in my opinion, Jalkan is probably the most open map. So that's how I probably describe that one best. Now that we've gone over the maps a little bit, I will go over some of the base building a little more. And again, this is just an intro episode. So, you know, any future episodes, say I did a future episode on base building, I would get into all the nitty gritty details of base building. What I'm going to get into here is just kind of the basic overview. Like, for example, the maps I just talked about, I could, for example, do a map on just, you know, Jelkan or a map uh, episode just on Tog Station. So if I do an episode like that, it's going to be a very in-depth episode about that map or something. So this is just an intro episode to give you kind of a feel for the game and a feel for what's in the game. But any future episodes on Vigor will be a lot more in-depth on a certain topic. And if you want to suggest a topic to me about this game, you know, if you really want, oh, I really want to hear about that certain map or I really want to hear more about the crafting, then let me know. And, you know, I'm definitely open to hearing suggestions. But the base building you can make things like wood logs, crafting tables, and scrap bins. So there's like items you can actually build for your base. And they help you out in the future. Because these items give you like a better chance to help you in the next instance that you enter. Like the next map you actually go into. Or it allows you to create weapons faster or work towards upgrading your base. So like for example, the wood log that gives you extra materials. Which will help you craft more weapons or it will help you upgrade your base. There's the crafting table. This will decrease the time that it takes to make your weapons. The scrapping gives you more metal parts. So it's just things like that that gives you, you know, things you're going to need, like supplies you're going to need, or it gives you bonuses that might help you out in the future. There's like seed boxes. There's a generator. There's just different things like that, that you can build. But currently the base building caps at a level six. Right now I'm at a level four, I believe. So I'm, you know, fairly close to getting to the uh, level cap. And the reason for that is it's just still in game preview. Because on the uh, actual base building map, like the base screen, there's actually 14 levels shown. But there's just a lot of question marks right now. So they definitely are planning more levels in the future. Just right now, it's uh, capped out at level 6. But if you played right now, you know, getting to level 6, it'll still take you a little while to get there. So there's still plenty of time to invest in the game before you actually cap yourself out. And I would think before you actually cap yourself out, there's probably going to be more updates to the game where they actually add more levels. But the actual exterior and stuff of your base or like the interior besides building these, you know, facility, these like facilities that go inside your base, uh, you don't really customize that too much yet. There will be uh, base customization in the future, they've said. So, you know, maybe outside of your base, you can have it like, Oh, I want my, you know, house to be painted white or I want a blue house or, you know, I want my um, I want like a fancy chair in my room or whatever you want. I don't know what the customizations are going to be, but I'm sure there's going to be like different color customizations for your house or who knows what. And there's no news yet on how those customizations will work, but they have said they want to do base customization. But your base also comes with a shooting range, which is really cool. And the coolest thing about this is it doesn't actually take any ammo to practice at it. So any ammo you have, say you have, you know, 100 bullets and you take a gun that uses those bullets. When you're actually at your base and you're using the shooting range at your base, you don't actually spend your bullets. You have an infinite amount and that allows you to, you know, go wild and practice as long as you want. And in this shooting range, there's different things like there's glass bottles, there's glass plates, there's um, like milk jugs, there's sand barrels, 
there's a lot of things like that that you can just, you know, take practice shooting. And there's a lot of, you know, there's far off targets, there's close by targets. So it's definitely a lot of fun to try out, you know, the different pistols, the different shotguns, the rifles. And it's definitely a lot of fun to try that. And you can actually um, use a button to reset your shooting range. So if you, you know, take out everything in the shooting range, you want to reset it, you can reset it and then just keep going. So that shooting range, I really like because it gives you a lot of time to practice if you wanted to practice. And the base menu, it actually has menus where you can uh, collect your drop crates that you have found in the instances. You can enter new instances, which will show like a, you know, bigger map where it shows all the maps that you can actually enter. You can upgrade your base, you can change clothes, and you can craft. So those are some of the uh, menu options you have. And there'll be more you can do in the future. Like, for example, the changing clothes things. There's no store right now, but there's a couple of, you know, set options they have. So you can pick from the set options they already have. But there's no store to buy customizations just yet. That will be coming in the future, though. And how the crates work, too. If you escape with one of the wooden crates, basically how that works is you can go upstairs to your bedroom. And that's where you can open your crates. And when you open a crate, it'll be there's nine different items inside, you know, it, it's like a pool of nine items, basically. So when you open a crate, you get three out of nine items and you keep, you know, working towards completing that pool. So you could have two grenades, um, three of this gun, three of that gun, you know, 50 materials, 500 materials, a thousand materials, etc. You know, you get the picture. You could have nine different things that you can actually win. And when you open a crate, you get three of those nine, and then those three are X'd out. And then the next time you open a crate, you get three out of the six that are left. And the next time you open a crate, you get the last three. So the nine that you have there, you will get all those eventually, just it might take you a couple crates to get them. And then when you get all nine, it resets the pool again. So you get a whole new pool of nine, and that's how that works. And I will say too that the exterior of the base does change as you upgrade levels. The interior doesn't seem to change much, but I think I got a second bed in my bedroom when I um, upgraded to level four. So you know, it seems like the interior has minor changes that you might notice if you're paying attention. But the exterior, you get like a blue tarp over it because um, they're actually like rebuilding the building because your building is a little bit run down. So it like makes it look like they're rebuilding the building, basically. But that's pretty much the basics on base building. Now we're going to talk about the crafting a little bit. So with the crafting, your aim is to get a blueprint of the weapon or item that you're trying to craft. That way you can craft it whenever you want. How this works is you get the blueprints by deconstructing your weapons or items. So say you have an RPK and you really want to be able to make more RPKs in the future. The RPK in particular, that has consisted of five parts. So part one, part two, part three, part four, and part five. And basically you have to deconstruct a number of RPKs in order to get all the parts to make that. So essentially think of it like you're trying to take apart these weapons to figure out how to put them back together. That, that's kind of how I look at it in like the game lore sense. So if you deconstruct an RPK, you might get, oh, I have part two now. Then you have to deconstruct some more. You deconstruct another one. Oh, I have part three now. So you deconstruct another one. Oh, I have part five now. And, and that's basically how it works. You have to get all five parts. Once you get all the parts for a weapon or item, then you get the blueprint for that item. And when you get the blueprint, you automatically get one of the item free. So the game gives you one free of the item. And then you get the blueprint. That way you can make more whenever you want. And it's not always five parts for everything. Like a lot of the consumables, like say bandages, for example, you only have to deconstruct to get two parts. So you, there's part one and part two. 
so you can get those items a lot faster and you know start making those a lot faster. But I will say that it's not always guaranteed you're going to get a different part every time. Like say you deconstructed you know a weapon and you might get two part twos. So if you get two part twos, it's not a complete lost cause. What you would do is you just deconstruct one of those part twos and then you get some materials back. So basically you get some materials out of it. So it does, you know, it's not a complete lost cause. Just sometimes you don't always get the part you want. So it's kind of a little bit of a risk there, but it's worth it to try and deconstruct to get those blueprints. And once you have the blueprint for it, you can craft as many of them as you want, as long as you have the materials for it. So, you know, if you have a blueprint for this certain gun and you have a lot of materials, you could craft like 10 of those if you wanted to. It doesn't matter how many you want to craft. As long as you have the materials for it, then you can craft as many as you'd like, as long as you have the blueprint materials. And the weapons and consumables, they cost various amounts of materials to craft. The starting knife, I'm blanking on the name right now, but the starting knife that you get, that costs 100 materials to make, so it's pretty cheap. But then like some of the guns as you go up the ladder... They cost like 800 materials to make or 1,200 materials to make. So the better the weapon or item is, usually the more materials it'll take to craft one of those items. So like you could craft, you know, like eight knives for the cost of like one of your guns, for example. So sometimes it's better to, you know, stock up on your knives more just to try and have more opportunity to use those weapons. But it's really based on your play style. I mean... It's how you want to play and, you know, what you want to use. I mean, if you really love using the guns and you, like, really love a certain gun, you could craft, like, five of that gun if you wanted to. It's just however you want to balance your resources. And that's what's cool about it is the player has a lot of choice in how they want to balance their resources and how how much they actually want to risk in the world. But you can craft consumables like antibiotics, frag grenades, bandages, and things like that. And the different weapons, you can craft things like a Mosin Nagant, a Luger pistol, there's several different knives, you can craft an RPK, a Scorpion, an AKM, and that's just a couple of them off the top of my head. I'm not going to get into every weapon, but that's just because you kind of an idea. You know, there's other shotguns too, so you can craft like shotguns, you can craft pistols, rifles. Uh, Some of the rifles are like more sniper-esque, some of them are more machine gun type rifles, like a Scorpion. So it really depends on your play style, but you can find a different weapon and try and deconstruct that to get a blueprint and i will say some of these weapons are pretty rare too i mean there's some of the weapons i've never even seen once yet like the scorpion for example i still have not seen a scorpion in game yet so yeah some of these weapons seem pretty rare and you just have to you know wait and see when you find it i guess but that's pretty much it for the crafting you know for the basics of it at least i mean like i said you know if we do a future episode on just crafting i get into the nitty-gritty of it but i'm going to talk a little bit more about the instances now which Again, what an instance is, is that sounded kind of weird, sorry, (laughs) instances, but what an instance will be is when you actually enter into a map and you go, you know, try to loot things. So you start at your base and if you want to try and get more loot for your base, what you're going to do is enter a map. And when you enter that map, that is called an instance. And basically this is where the other players can actually attack you now if they found you. And you actually are vulnerable. When you're at your base, you're not vulnerable at all. But when you're in the maps, you are vulnerable. So you go around the maps and you basically try to loot stuff. You're looting cars, uh, dressers and houses, you know, suitcases, just anything you find in the world. You're looting to try and get supplies. And 
then at some point the supply drop will come and you know you you have to decide okay do i want to go for the supply drop do i not want to go for it but you have a lot of decisions to make and even if you see another player you can try to sneak up on that player you could try to take them head on you could run away from them it's really up to you how you want to play it because it's not a battle royale game and a lot of people have asked me that in the stream it's definitely not battle royale because the object here is to get into the game get as much loot as you can and escape your object is not to be the last player standing the object is to get as much loot as possible and escape the game so you drop into the map and you're allowed to choose any loadout you want to bring with you so you could bring just a knife you could bring you know several machine guns you could bring a shotgun with no ammo and hope you find ammo in the world you could bring nothing at all if you want i mean i've tried a couple of games playing nothing at all i mean i've actually had some decent success with that I think I've played, I've played 11 games now where I jumped into the game with nothing and actually 10 out of those 11 times, I survived the game and got out with loot. So that's definitely a success. I mean, if you're jumping in the game with nothing and 10 out of 11 times, you know, you, you get some loot and get out of there, like that's pretty good. I've definitely played a lot more games where I do use stuff, but it, it's fun to try it sometimes just, you know, jumping in there with nothing and having to go, oh shoot, you know, I, I can't defend myself. So I have to try and play this differently. And it's definitely fun to switch things up, to jump in with nothing, to jump in with a knife, to jump in with like a really good machine gun. It really changes up your play style based on what you have. And if you, same thing with goes to your opponent too. Because if you hear a machine gun in the distance and you only have a pistol, obviously your opponent has the upper hand on you. So you have to try and play your strategy a little bit different because if they find you head to head, they're probably winning that because they have the distance on you and they have the rate of fire on you. So they can take you out a lot faster and from a lot farther distance. So that's why you have to try and play careful if you, you know, don't have a machine gun and you come up against someone that does. That's why usually for me, if I don't have a machine gun myself and I hear someone with a machine gun, I try to crouch a little bit and just kind of see where they are and hopefully, you know, sneak up on them and like maybe knife them or something. It just depends, you know, what the situation is really. I will reiterate though, if you die, then you lose everything you brought with you forever including everything you acquired in that game so if you acquired you know oh i found a really cool gun in this game that i didn't have in my base and you brought in you know three knives with you as well you would lose all three of those knives and that gun you found in the game so everything you have you just lose it all completely and you don't get it back so that's why you have to be careful and know when is the good time to escape and when is the good time to fight and when is the good time to stay in the map but i talked about escaping a couple of times there's several exits on each map. These exits are marked by orange X's. So when you look at your map screen, you'll see a lot of orange X's. Those orange X's are the exits to the map. And depending on the map, there's between four and eight exits in a map. Some maps have only four exits. Some have like up to eight. So, you know, the map that you're on might have a ton of exits, a ton of options to go to, or it might only have four. And this really changes up gameplay a lot too, because say you're trying to go for the drop, but somebody gets to the uh, wooden crate first then you have to try and decide okay where are they going to try and exit you know there's there's three exits around here are they going to go for this exit are they going to go for this one or are they going to go for this one and you have to try and kind of play a little bit of a guessing game and try and pick where they're going to go because if you pick the wrong one they're probably going to escape with the crate and you know they'll get all the loot if you pick the right one you might be able to actually catch up to them and kill them before they get out so it's really kind of a little bit of strategy in there where you want to exit you know you might not want to pick the exit that's closest to the drop crate if you 
if you get the drop rate yourself, you might not want to pick the closest exit. You might want to pick one that's a little bit farther away just to fool people. So it's up to you how you want to play that in your head. But as I said before, your goal is not to be the last one standing. Your goal is to get as much loot as you possibly can and escape. And then, like I said, the air supply drop will come at some point. You know, just be patient if you're trying to go for that. Sometimes it comes pretty fast and sometimes the supply drop takes forever to come. So, you know, you just have to kind of wait it out. And if you're trying to wait for it, you know, maybe get into the zone, maybe hide in a bush for a little while until it comes. It just depends if you're trying to go for that or if you're not trying to go for it. But that does have uh, better loot in that wooden crate if you do get it. I don't always go for the wooden crate. It just depends on my mood for that game. But say you did get that wooden crate and you went. If you get that wooden crate, your object should be to try and exit immediately. Because other players are going to know that the wooden crate's gone. And at certain intervals, the map will like kind of flash your location to people. So it doesn't you know, constantly show your location, but... It'll do little flashes every once in a while to let people know where you are. So if you get that wooden crate, you should be instantly trying to exit. So if you are trying to exit, then you go towards one of those orange X's. If you get to the orange X and like the exit point, you have to wait 10 seconds there to exit. Or what you can do is you can find a pile of rocks that has an orange X on it. And if you find this pile of rocks, the orange X, you can actually click the X button and exit the game instantly. And I should say, too, I probably should have said this way earlier, but this game is only available on Xbox right now. They haven't announced if they want to um, port it to PS4 or PC yet, but they haven't seemed like they're you know interested in that right now. So this is a Xbox-only exclusive right now. I do apologize. I probably should have mentioned that way earlier, but it's Xbox only. It only occurred to me when I said, you know, press X. So yeah, if you find that pile of rocks with the orange X on it, you can just exit instantly instead of waiting the 10 seconds. And this is very valuable if somebody's chasing you. If somebody's chasing you, obviously don't want to wait 10 seconds. You want to, you know, run right to those rocks and hit X. But if somebody's chasing you, you do actually kill them. Or if you kill a player in general, then what's going to happen is they're going to drop a box. It's kind of like a little crate and it'll have all their gear in it. So if you kill somebody, they'll drop a box next to them. You just uh, look in that box, it'll have all the gear they had on them, and then you can steal all the gear, which is very nice because you can get a lot of gear that way too. So, you know, if you are someone that likes a lot of PvP, that is definitely a viable strategy to try and, you know, kill players and steal what they have and, you know, escape that way. But if you're someone that doesn't like PvP, then, you know, it's definitely viable to just jump in there, get some loot and escape without ever fighting players. And that's kind of the beauty of this game is it kind of supports both styles of play going to have some interactions where if you're someone that likes pvp you may never find anyone that game and you have to you know not play pvp or vice versa if you're someone that only likes to you know play with the environment and survive you may not want to fight somebody but you might have to at some point so it's a kind of nice balance i think where like i'm kind of in the middle like i sway more towards not liking pvp but I do like it in some occasions. So I'm kind of more in the middle. So I do like the balance that provides because there's opportunities for both in there. And then I do want to mention too that if you stay in a map too long, then actually what's going to happen is radiation will start. So radiation starts to emerge and you can hear this by a clicking noise. If you hear a clicking noise, it's not like, you know, your headset. It's not like your controller or something. That is the game telling you that radiation is coming into the game. And basically what this means is, you know, the more clicks you hear, like that means the radiation is getting closer to you and your screen will actually start to go white too. 
So if your screen starts going white, you know, the clicks get faster, the clicks get louder. That means the radiation is getting closer to you and basically the radiation can kill you. So think of the radiation, if you're familiar with PUBG or Fortnite, think of it like the storm in those. It's basically like the storm in those where this can kill you if you wait in the game too long. So you can't, you know, just stay in the game forever and loot forever. You have to escape at some point. And what's cool is the radiation actually goes in like a wind pattern. So, you know, if you're on like the top left of the map and the radiation starts there, you can just, you know, keep running to the bottom right and you can get more time to escape. So the radiation just goes basically one direction and sweeps across the map. So what I've had happen sometimes is I was going for one exit, but as I went for that exit, I realized, oh, shoot, the radiation, you know, is coming this way. So what I did is I changed direction. I went for a different exit. So it kind of changes up your strategy a little bit that way. But that's pretty much the, you know, basics on the instances and everything. Um, the kind of the last thing I'll get into is just some of their future plans, because the devs have, you know, announced some things that they're working on and uh, aspects of the game that they want to bring in before February. So, you know, again, this game comes free to play on February. And basically before then, the devs are trying to get a lot of these things that I'm about to talk about into the game. So one of the big ones that a lot of people have asked for is co-op. And the devs have said that they are planning to do co-op. And that is something they definitely want to do. Because right now, unfortunately, what's happening is... A lot of players, you know, because it's only solo right now, a lot of players are getting a friend and trying to time it so they, you know, uh, jump into a map at the same time and team up in that map, which is something you definitely shouldn't do because it's really unfair right now. And a lot of players are upset about that because obviously, you know, there's no teaming involved right now where you're not supposed to be doing that. But if they introduce co-op in the future like they want to, that will actually limit some of that and... It'll make it so if you want to jump in with a pair, you know, you can actually jump into a game of just pairs, which would be really fun, actually. And I would enjoy that. But another thing is they're going to be doing some more base customization. So you will be able to customize your base in the future. And in addition to that, there's going to be more base building options and levels, because as I said, it caps out at level six right now, but you can go all the way to level 14. So, you know, there's going to be more base building options, more features in the base and ways to customize it. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that exactly because they haven't released any specifics, but I think in a couple weeks they said this is their first big update, so we'll see what happens in that update. And, you know, maybe next episode I'll talk about what happened in that update and let everyone know. But in addition to that, there's going to be a store with more character customization options. So anyone that gets that Founders Pack, that will be coming, and you will get money for that store where you could actually buy some customizations. So that'll be a nice plus. And, you know, a lot of people like to customize their character a certain way. So that'll be great when they do that. I'm not sure what style the customizations will be in, but it'll be fun to see what they do with that. And in addition to that, kind of along the same lines, there's going to be emotes as well. So I don't know what emotes will be available, but uh, you do get one special emote when you buy the Founders Pack. So you'll get one emote at least when you start. Well, not technically when you start, but when they actually introduce emotes into the game, you'll get that emote with it then. I did write down more maps. I, I'm not specifically sure if they said more maps. I thought I remembered hearing that they're making more maps, but don't quote me on that one because they may not be making more maps, but I, I believe they are. So, you know, there might be more maps in the future, but I think that's something that if they did do it, it'd be, you know, a lot further in the future. So... I would think there's not going to be any new maps until, like, say, 
January or February, like right before launch, or maybe like at launch, they'll have a new map. So I wouldn't expect any new maps soon just because they're trying to get all these other things in the game. But I do feel like if they're going to you know support this game like they say they will, then there will be new maps eventually. There's also going to be weapon attachments at some point. They do want to get those in the game, they said. Right now, there aren't any, but they want to get like, you know, scopes and muzzles, things like that into the game. So that will be very nice that you can actually attach things to your weapons in the future. You know, a silencer too. A silencer would be really nice because that would make it a lot more stealthy for you. And I personally would actually love to play with a silencer and, you know, play a stealth aspect game. Maybe put a silencer on a pistol and, you know, kind of crouch around trying to shoot people like that. But that's kind of like the main things that they they have said that's going to come in the future. The last thing I wrote down is they are going to fix a lot of the prevalent issues in the game right now, which the two biggest issues, which I've, you know, been, I haven't been shy about saying this, like I I said it plenty of times in my stream that the two biggest issues in this game right now are the shooting mechanics and the looting mechanics, which, you know, that sounds pretty bad because they say this is a shoot and loot game. And what I'm saying is the, you know, biggest issues are the shooting and looting, but when I talk about that deeper, you'll probably understand because basically the issues with those aren't in the concept of it. It's just in the mechanics. Like mechanically, they just need to work on it to make it a little bit more streamlined. Like for example, the looting, like say I go up to a truck and I try to loot that truck. I can still loot that truck and it still, you know, works essentially. But problem is, is the like loot marker or like the hit marker on the loot you know, where you're supposed to loot it, it doesn't work as properly as it should. Because if I go up to a truck and you think, you know, okay, I can just loot this truck, you know, or you go up to the trunk, you loot the truck, it is not always the same spot. So you can go up to the truck and you go, I can't loot here. Okay, let me walk around to this side of the truck. Uh, Let me try this door. Uh, uh, Let me try the back of the truck. Hmm, let me try the trunk. Like you have to walk around the entire truck and figure out, okay, where can I actually loot this thing? Let me back up a little bit. Maybe I'm too close to the truck or maybe I'm too far away from the truck. Let me go forward a little bit. So it's kind of frustrating at times because the loot doesn't work as well as you'd want it to because you can still loot stuff. It's just it takes a little bit of playing around sometimes. You have to figure out, okay, where's the sweet spot on this truck that I can actually loot it? And I found it's worse with trucks usually. Like um, say you're looting in a house. It's usually not as bad if you're looting the house. Like if you loot a dresser or you loot like a fridge or whatever you're looting in a house, usually those things work pretty well. It's mostly the vehicles. So if you're trying to loot a vehicle, just understand that the looting mechanics for looting vehicles, they do need improvements and they do know that and they are working on that. So, you know, hopefully in the future they'll have it. So all you have to do is walk up to the truck, hit X and you looted it. Like hopefully it's, it's that simple because that's how simple it should be. Because it hasn't happened to me yet, but I've been worried sometimes where, you know, I'm spending like a minute or two trying to loot one truck and somebody could walk up on me at any point and kill me while I'm trying to figure out how to loot this truck. And that's not how it should be. I mean, the game should be, you know, I can walk up to a truck, loot it and, you know, keep focusing on the game. But it sometimes draws your focus away because your focus ends up being, how do I loot this stupid truck instead of, you know, Okay, you know, where's the next player at? Where's this drop going to be? But your focus, it ends up being too central on, you know, how do I loot this one object? And that's not how it should be. So, you know, I will admit that it is frustrating sometimes, but 
I would just say, you know, have a little bit of patience with that because they do know about the issue and they are working on it and it is still in game preview and it is still very early. So they do have plenty of time before the full launch in February to fix these issues. And again, the other issue is shooting. I mean, the hit markers on the shooting are pretty bad, honestly. I mean, shooting fights, like it's more just spraying prey sometimes. Like some people are very good at it because they've had a lot of practice and they've figured out how to, you know, use these guns like to a T. But for someone that's brand new, it's very hard to learn how to shoot with this game right now. And they said they know about that, and that's the, their top priority. So their top priority is fixing the shooting mechanics because for a new player right now, if you were to jump in this without knowing you know anything about the game, you're probably going to lose pretty much every gunfight you get into because it's just kind of spray and pray, and the hit markers are just so bad right now in the shooting. Which, honestly, maybe that's why I like the knife a lot. I mean, the hit marker on the knife works perfectly, so I, I like using the knife. So I would recommend the knife. You know, it's very fun to kill people with a knife in this game. It's kind of funny sometimes. I actually had one person, um, he had a pistol and he was trying to shoot me. And I was just knifing him. You know, I crouched down. I kept knifing him in the stomach. And he was trying to shoot me, but he kept shooting over my head. <laughs> it was just kind of funny, actually, because I just kept knifing him in the stomach and eventually he died. So, Which they did actually nerf the knifing a little bit. I think it used to take like two hits to kill somebody with a knife. Now I think it takes like four or five. So... They did nerf it a little bit. That way it's a little bit more fair, I guess, because I think they were finding a lot of people, you know, were dying with guns to players with knives. So they wanted to make it a little more balanced. But it's still very fun to knife people. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, just be patient with the shooting and the looting. You know, it is, you know, a pretty big focus of the game and they know that the mechanics aren't perfect yet. And that's kind of what the purpose of game preview is, is to help them, you know, get better with this. But you know, Bohemia Interactive is the studio that makes Figure. It's the same studio that made DZ. And I do feel like they're, you know, committed to actually uh, improving this game and making it better. And I'm definitely glad that I uh, had the full version and that I can see this game grow as it, you know, gets more things added into it. But hopefully that gives everyone, you know, a good picture of what Vigor is because I get asked a lot of times in my stream, you know, a lot of these questions and now, you know, if you're wondering what it is, you can just, you know, reference this episode and this basically gives you a total overview of what the game is. You know, there's nothing I covered super, super in depth here, but I think I've touched on every aspect of the game a little bit, at least that way it gives you a sense of, you know, how the game works and what your objective is in the game. And if anyone has any future questions, hit me up on any of the social media platforms I have and let me know if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter, at Blaze Experience. My gamer tag is the same exact thing. That's capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. So it's Blaze Experience for my gamer tag or my Twitter. My email, if you want to send me an email, is theblazeexperience at gmail.com. My mixer is mixer.com slash blazeexperience. So if you want to see me stream this, I usually stream bigger on Tuesdays. So when this episode comes out, this episode will come out on Wednesday. So unfortunately, I've already streamed this by the time this episode comes out. But, you know, the next Tuesday after you can, you know, watch me stream Vigor. I usually stream Vigor on Tuesdays and I usually stream State of Decay on uh, Fridays. And then, as I said before, State of Decay, I release an episode on Saturday. And on Wednesday, I release a different episode every week. So Vigor has now finally entered that rotation and we'll start talking some more Vigor, you know, every uh, every so often. But if you want to find the podcast, 
you can do so on Google Play, Google Podcasts. You can do it on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Radio Public, Podbean, Blueberry, many other directories. So most of the directories, you know, we're going to be in there. I think the only ones we're not in are like Spotify and Spreaker. Spotify and Spreaker are pretty hard to get into, and I haven't been able to get into those yet. But besides those two, I think I'm on pretty much all the platforms. But like I said earlier, the next stream will be Friday, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on State of the K2. The next podcast will also be on Saturday for State of the K2. And I do know already next Wednesday's podcast that is scheduled to be another podcast on CFDs. So if you like CFDs, you know, next Wednesday, I'll have a new one on that. And like I said before, you know, if you haven't checked it out yet, um, definitely check out the guest appearance I did on Horrible Gamers Podcast, episode 220. You know, it was a great episode. We talked about a lot of the things from Gamescom. We talked about some of their community questions. And we talked about some of the games we've been playing. And I talked a little bit of Vigor on there. And I talked about some, some State of Decay on there. They talked about some of the games they've been playing. So it, it's definitely a great podcast. And I would really recommend checking it out. And I will put that link in the show notes. So... I really appreciate everyone listening, and thank you so much for listening to The Blaze Experience.